Welcome back to the channel. You're probably aware of the leaked draft decision written by Justice Alito concerning Roe v. Wade. It appears the so-called conservative wing of the court may be about to repute and overturn Roe. But there is something dastardly in Alito's draft, something unrelated to abortion that no one's talking about. The Dr. Reality Vodcast with Dave Champion. Let's recap a few points from Roe before we get into the disturbing language in Alito's draft. Uh, Roe v. Wade was handed down in 1973, and uh, a simple explanation of it would be the court said that it was a woman's right to be the only one to decide whether or not to continue a pregnancy or terminate the pregnancy, and that the government could not be a part of that decision-making process. And I think it's important to say in this context, the government means the vote of the people, the vote of the representatives of the people. So if 51% of the voters acting through their elected representatives say, a woman can't do that, the Supreme Court said, you people have no say in that. She gets to make that decision without you being involved. If you read Roe, it's really not about abortion. It's about what we just discussed. The, the, can the community, can 51% of the voters acting through their legislators tell somebody who's facing a medical decision what they can and cannot do? That's really what it's about. And to be clear, as we progress in this presentation, I'm not taking a stance for or against abortion. This is not that video. This is about the disturbing language that appears in Alito's draft and what it could portend for the future of this country. Alito's draft opinion states that Roe, quote, must be overturned. That's exactly what the draft says, must be overturned. Because, and I quote, the Constitution makes no reference to abortion and no such right is implicitly protected by any constitutional provision. Close quote. Did a problem jump out at you with that language? All right, let's take a look at it. It's essentially two clauses, so let's take a look at each of them. The first, the Constitution makes no reference to abortion. We're going to come back to that in a minute. The second part, second clause, quote, no such right is implicitly protected by any constitutional provision implicitly protected. Implicitly. So we begin with this. Implicitly has no meaning in a legal dictionary. So then we have to resort to a plain English dictionary. And when we go to the English dictionary, we find that it has two very different meanings. And oddly, neither brings anything significant to understanding Alito's point. If we substitute one definition of implicit in Alito's sentence, it would read like this. No such right is indirectly protected by any constitutional provision. If we substitute the other definition of implicitly, then the sentence reads this way. No such right is absolutely protected by any constitutional provision. At this juncture, I should probably point out that in Alito's draft, the language he chose, and we, we don't know who he may have worked with on this, so it's under his name, but we don't know which other four of the so-called conservative wing of the court justices he may have worked with. But the main point is this. 
it does not say that the right established or declared in Roe is not a right. Alito doesn't say that. Indeed, implicitly, (laughs) now I'm going to use that word, implicitly or tacitly, by referring to it as a right, he is impliedly saying, yes, what the court declared in Roe is in fact a right. However, that seems to be the gist of what he's saying, because at no point in his draft does he say the right declared in Roe is in fact not a right at all. He doesn't say that. His argument seems to hinge on whether the court should protect that right. And again, this is a legal discussion. I'm not taking a position for or against abortion. So if you're on either side of the fence and you're getting upset at this moment, this is a legal discussion. This is about how legal arguments are fashioned. This is about what we call a line of reasoning in a decision. It is not pro-abortion. It is not anti-abortion. So at this point, we are left with three elements to what Alito is asserting. One, the draft tacitly acknowledges the right addressed in Roe does exist. Two, abortion is not referenced in the Constitution. And three, no provision of the Constitution protects the right being discussed. Moving forward, we're going to limit the discussion to only points two and three. The reason being is those two points portend a very chilling future for rights in the United States if the rest of the court or at least the four additional justices in the so-called conservative wing agree with Alito and adopt his language, a very chilling future if we take those two points together, as clearly Alito intends because he put them in the same sentence. Let's take a look at the potential consequences of the court adopting the language that Alito used in the draft. You have hundreds and hundreds, perhaps thousands and thousands of rights that are not enumerated in the Constitution. They are not mentioned in the Constitution, and there is no specific enforcement mechanism designated in the Constitution. So with Alito's language taking the position that if it doesn't appear in the Constitution, and there's nothing in the Constitution saying, oh yeah, guys, you should protect this right, then the U.S. Supreme Court won't, according to Alito, moving forward, looking into the future, won't protect that right. Again, you've hundreds or thousands of non-enumerated rights. Uh, For instance, apparently the court would not protect your right to procreate, as one example. How about the right of contract? That, as far as individuals are concerned, as far as citizens are concerned, that's not mentioned in the Constitution. So under Alito's language, the Supreme Court, moving forward from 2022 onward, would not protect your right to contract. How about living wherever you choose in the United States, provided you can financially afford it? If that were to be restricted in some way and it was to arrive at the Supreme Court, according to Alito, the court cannot and should not protect that right. Um, How about raise your own children? You're in charge of the upbringing of your children. 
if a local or state government were to intrude on that, or the federal government were to intrude on that, according to Alito's language, according to what he is establishing by his line of reasoning, then that right would not be protected by the Supreme Court from 2022 onward. Another one might be starting your own business. You don't want to work for somebody else, so you want to create your own business so that you can prosper and and you can become well-to-do and not have to work for somebody else. So if restrictions were put on that, according to Alito, moving forward, based on his strictures, then the Supreme Court would not and should not protect that right. These are all things that are universal. These and many, 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 many more are things universally accepted by the American people as our unalienable rights. And Alito is saying, if it, if it's not in a provision and there's not something in there that's saying we should protect it, then we shouldn't. There is a reason the Ninth Amendment exists. Yes, I know you You probably have never even heard of the Ninth Amendment. You've never thought about the Ninth Amendment. You've never read about the Ninth Amendment. Because the court really, since the inception of this nation, has rendered it a dead letter. The United States Supreme Court has relied upon the Ninth Amendment in exactly two cases in the entire history of the United States. So, let me share with you what the Ninth Amendment says. The enumeration in the Constitution of certain rights... That would be the ones in the early part of the Bill of Rights, shall not be construed to deny or disparage others retained by the people. Deny, disparage. So if the court said, if the court followed what Alito has written in his draft, and the court says, moving forward from 2022, because we're going to rule on this this way, then moving forward, we're not going to protect any of the non-enumerated rights, which is exactly what the Ninth Amendment is all about, we're not going to protect any of them. Would that not be a federal institution? Because remember, the Ninth Amendment is in the federal constitution. Would this not be a federal institution, the United States Supreme Court, effectively denying the right by denying protection of the right? (laughs) Unless we want to have a shooting war, what protects our rights ultimately? Other than a court saying, whoa, 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 that's a fundamental right, constitutional right, unalienable right, whatever the issue is. And so, no, the government cannot intrude on that. Once the courts start saying, no, no, sorry, not going to rule on that, that is effectively a denial of that right. If you can't enforce that right, other than with the cartridge box, if you can't enforce that right, you don't have that right. In other words, if the majority of the court chooses to adopt Alito's language, and that ends up being the actual decision of the court, which is probably going to be issued in roughly seven weeks or so, if that ends up being the language that's in the decision, they essentially just delivered not only a death blow to the Ninth Amendment, but a death blow to all those hundreds or thousands of inalienable rights that you have which are under the umbrella of the Ninth Amendment because they're not enumerated. If the people of the United States wanted to do away with the Ninth Amendment, they can certainly do that. Two-thirds of the legislatures of the states can vote on an amendment that would nullify the Ninth Amendment. That's how you would properly and constitutionally do away with the Ninth Amendment. 
there is nothing right and proper or constitutional about the way it appears Alito intends to do away with the Ninth Amendment and the ability for you to protect your hundreds or thousands of rights that exist under the umbrella of the Ninth. No matter what your views are on abortion or the case of Roe v. Wade, this line of reasoning is not something I think any American should support because it is destructive to the very fabric of our unalienable rights. If you agree that this is a terrible line of reasoning, you may even want Roe to go away. But if you agree this is not the way, this is a terrible legal line of reasoning, uh, do yourself, do all of us a favor, reach out to your elected representatives in Congress, let them know that they need to contact the court and tell them that basically delivering a death blow to the Ninth Amendment and the hundreds or thousands of inalienable rights that exist under the umbrella of the Ninth Amendment is absolutely unacceptable to you and the other citizens of this country. If you value this sort of analytical presentation, help me to continue to be here for you. And the way you can do that is you can go to drreality.news, pick up a copy of Income Tax Shattering the Myths, or Body Science, or both, You've probably heard me talk about it before. Each of them in their respective fields, uh, income tax, they miss the field of income tax, and body science, the field of physiology with an emphasis on nutritional physiology. In both those areas, these books absolutely shred the false establishment narrative. And it's not me doing it. It's, it's not my words. In both of those books, it is the words of the very people who are lying to you, but the words, their words that you have never, ever heard. And they are consistent and conclusive. And what I mean by that in the case of income tax shattering the myths is the, the societal narrative that everybody who earns some income in the United States owes some to the federal government is, is a complete, uh, you know, I hate to use words cavalierly like lie, but it is, it's a complete freaking lie. And the only reason you believe it is you've never read what they really said. You've been socialized since you were knee-high to a grasshopper that, yeah, yeah, you, you got to file tax returns and pay income tax. Uh, no. If you stop believing the whole societal narrative and say, you know what? I'm going to do what a good American should do. I'm going to go find out for myself. You will have your mind set right. And the same thing with body science. America, as you've probably heard me say, is the most chronically ill society in the entire history of mankind. <laughs> That's quite a statement. The most chronically ill society in the entire history of mankind. With all of our wealth and all of our science and all of our technology and all of our abundance, the most chronically ill society in the history of mankind. How do we get there? Well, body science tells you how we got there politically, economically, trillion dollar industries, the false narratives that they've put out for 60 years that I don't mean to be offensive, but you probably believe most of them because there's been very few voices in opposition because they are trillion dollar industries. So they can afford to suppress the speech of others, but it sets the record straight. And then it explains to you, based on once you understand the falsehoods, then it gets into a discussion of how human physiology really works. And in the discussion, even though physiology is science, it is re represented in a way that every single person can absolutely understand. And once you understand how human physiology, with an emphasis on nutritional physiology, truly operates, 
Then it explains to you how, other than things that are caused by genetic problems, you can avoid virtually every chronic disease and live long and healthy and happily. Yeah, speaking for myself, of course, you know, I, I would never write something that I don't believe in 1,000%. So, you know, I'm 62. Most people at 62, I think, are sort of saying to themselves, eh, I'm in the twilight of my life. I'm not saying that. I, I plan to be healthy and happy and live to be 100, 110, 120. Understanding how your physiology really operates is a game changer. So again, go to drreality.news, grab yourself a copy of Income Tax Shattering the Mist or Body Science. There is kind of a little promo I'm running right now. If when you go to the shopping cart, in the coupon code area, you enter tax honesty, all one word, tax honesty. Whether you've bought Income Tax Shattering the Mist or Body Science or both, if you put tax honesty in the coupon code, I will personally no robo-signing or anything. I'll personally inscribe and autograph whichever or both books that you purchase. Thanks for being here. Have a wonderful day.